For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ah, oh, welcome back to Herd Tell. Okay, she's back. Been a minute since she's been here, but we always enjoy talking to Leslie Corbley. She's another one of these great young voices contributors we have. She works for uh, Libertas or Libertas. You say it differently than I do because you're smarter than me and went to college and all them sorts of things. So you can explain it to the folks. We're going to talk a little bit about big tech and regulation today. Leslie, great to see you again. Thanks so much for having me back on. Oh, anytime. It's a pleasure. <laughs> I think we need to do a little background here because tech has become like a lot of things in culture and politics. It's become real buzzword heavy. Everybody just, oh, Facebook's doing this. And Twitter, of course, Twitter's eating everything up right now. There's some background we got to get through here. This particular lawsuit, this NCLA lawsuit, New Civil Liberties Alliance that we're going to be working with, you've read about it in Daily Caller. Read her whole piece. We're going to link to it. A lot of links in there, too. Make sure you read all the links. This lawsuit's dealing mostly with Facebook, though. When we're dealing with regulation, especially Facebook, who is spending tens of millions of dollars of legislation, what's the background that's led up to this lawsuit to where you're touching on it? Because before we deal with the lawsuit, we got to know the groundwork of why there's a lawsuit and why there's a regulation problem in the first place, right? Sure. So this lawsuit, NCLA joined the lawsuit in August. It was initially filed by two attorney generals um, in Missouri and Louisiana. So the actual title of the lawsuit is Missouri v. Uh, Biden, I believe. So that's where you you see these attorney generals were concerned with uh, whether the federal government was essentially coercing private companies into making content moderation policies that were favorable to the government and the kind of information that the government wanted to flow to the public. So it stems from um, from those those issues that had arisen out of you know, COVID disputes regarding what is and is not misinformation, what should or should not be shared. Uh, and it's a, the lawsuit's attempting to sort of uncover and unpack the relationship between the federal government and various te technological companies, particularly Facebook. Yeah, in your piece, you kind of set it up this way. You said, the case will answer an important policy question. I'm quoting from your piece in the caller. To what extent are the content moderation decisions social media companies have made over the last several years influenced by the threat of government action? Now, let's do just a little bit of background because people lose their mind when they talk about social media and we get stuck in the moment. Every company in America has decision making based on government regulation because that's just you have to or you're not going to be in business very long, whether you're, you know, a fast food joint or an oil change place or a medical company or whatever. Your whole business is regulated to some extent by the government. So, of course, you think about it. And, of course, the really big government agencies and the big businesses, they communicate with each other because you're talking about millions and billions of tax dollars and millions and billions of profit and loss if you screw this stuff up. So just communicating is not malfeasance in and of itself. It's good business practice, good governmental practice, because you don't want the government just swinging the hammer. You want them warning people like do it. So that gets us to this lawsuit, though. We don't have a real good, hard, fast, defined lines here on that kind of communication, do we? And that's kind of the base issue here because social media 
This was a disruptor. This changed how government and people and businesses communicated. And those blurred lines is where this lawsuit is trying to deal with. Is that a fair way to kind of summarize all this? It is. Uh, it's it's troubling in the sense that we don't have, like you said, there are not clear, there's not a clear delineation of what is appropriate communication between government actors and state, or sorry, state and or government actors and corporate actors as it relates to the creation of their uh, content moderation policies. And the reason that's so important is because most information now flows through large uh, companies um, that host have platforms on the internet. Now, whether or not, say, Facebook or Twitter is going to end up dominating for the next 10 to 15 years, I don't know. But what's more relevant is that whoever were to take that place, let's say, is going to have a similar role. Uh, so it's the roles and the relationships that uh, concern me more than, you know, the particular company. Right. It's it's to yeah. what extent can government essentially a report on Cato, by the way, I linked to that I think is really important, talks about this in terms of what's called job owning, which would be the government using its regulatory power to effectively coerce companies into creating policies they may not otherwise have chosen to create, uh, so on and so forth. And what this really, in my opinion, uh, highlights is the blurred lines between our public and private sectors across the economy. And that's really troubling because you don't want the government to have such a heavy-handed role in corporate decision-making, and yet that's exactly what you see. As, as you mentioned, it makes rational sense for these companies to be concerned with what government um, may or may not do in relation to their regulatory power over those companies. So that's, I think, the, the base level concern as well is what do we do to ensure that companies can act of their own volition without uh, undue influence from, from uh, government actors? Yeah, Leslie Corbley joining us. Now, what brought a lot of this to a head, like a lot of things right now, is we're still trying to figure out how we reacted, what we did, and how everybody reacted to the COVID situation. This is, of course, a situation where you're trying the government need. Let, let's just be fair. The government needed to get mass amounts of information to everybody as fast as possible because it's a public health issue. Social media is the most immediate, most directed people method we've ever seen in the history of humankind. And that's where all the trouble started, <laughs> because now you get into, well, what's misinformation? What's not, not misinformation? And to be fair to the tech companies. Yeah, they're they're doing it, but they're also worried about the government coming in and either, you know, regulating them or suing them or something if they get it wrong because they don't know the rules either. The government didn't know the rules either. We've talked to some of our scientist friends like Dr. Michael Siegel. Like we, one thing we learned was public health officials and government officials really don't know how to talk to common people, especially when tweeting at them or Facebook posting at them. This turned into a big, hot mess. However, it showed going forward when we need to get information to people, it's got to go through social media. So how do we handle that? And that's what really brought this whole thing to a head. Yes, uh, the COVID crisis certainly is really the backdrop of this lawsuit. Uh, it's hard for me to fathom that it would have come to the place we're at now without the uh, decisions that were made during that time period. And it's important, I do think, for listeners to understand that this lawsuit peers behind um, sort of the veil, so to speak, of these uh, communications between government and tech companies, but it does so over a course of years. So some of the events and uh, information that came out of this lawsuit occurred before Biden took office. So this is not necessarily a um, 
a partisan issue of one administration taking the reins and doing something completely different than the other administration was was doing prior, which realistically isn't how governance works. You have a lot of, you know, bureaucracies are fairly entrenched at a certain point and they have interests more or less of their own that continue to roll over from administration to administration. And as you mentioned, in the context of public health, it is understandable that government wanted to get information out as quickly as possible and also that they wanted that to be accurate. Uh, the same for technolo technological companies. The problem comes from, from essentially trying is inserting government into a position where they're attempting to determine what is and is not true and what, what information people can and cannot access. So it touches on a lot of issues that frankly aren't going to go away anytime soon, not just who determines what's true, to what extent should government be involved in content moderation policies of technological companies, but other things coming down the pike, which would be how are algorithms to be uh, regulated. You know, the FTC, for instance, wants to have a heavy hand in regulating the in regulating what algorithms can and cannot do. And then, of course, there's separate um, ethical issues for companies to determine of what should they be willing to discuss with government actors and what should they be willing to, to say, well, no, we're really not going to have that conversation or no, we're not willing to uh, engage in this line of inquiry. And it becomes really messy and really muddled because of the regulatory landscape. So with Facebook in particular, now Meta, they've had in the past a lot of threats of antitrust lawsuits from the government. And so you're looking at companies, in, in the case of Facebook or other large technological companies, that have interactions with various government agencies that have authority over them. So if they say here from the White House and are, are concerned maybe with a antitrust lawsuit, they're going to interpret all of the incoming information from the um, executive branch, you know, as sort of an entity, right? They're not going to separate out the, the communication per se on the antitrust side from the White House because to some degree it's, it's all the same branch of government, right? Leslie Corby joining us. Let's go to the legal aspect of this real quick. There's terminology in here that has to be hashed out legally because when you go to something like a lawsuit, tort law, things like this, terminology matters. And it matters a lot because you're trying to discern intent from terminology. You spend, you know, two paragraphs worth of time on here just on some terminology. Just listen to some of these words and you understand how the court gets turned up. You know, you just mentioned one of them, algorithms. You got to define what an algorithm is. Misinformation. Well, what does that mean? Because that means something different. You know, one person's misinformation is another person's lies. Another person's I'm living my truth, right? Look at some of these other terms you point out. These are quotes. Turned up the heat. Well, what does that mean? What's the difference between a quote request and quote a threat from the government? Because we all know when the IRS requests your taxes, yeah, it's a request, but it's also a threat. Because if you don't do it, everybody knows what happened. We're laughing about it. But in a court of law, this is exactly what lawsuits and torts, and this is what it is. You have to define what these is, discern intent, and that's kind of the heart of these lawsuits. This is where the far-reaching effects come from, though, is if we get a legal definition of what they can and can't do with an algorithm, if we get a legal definition of misinformation, 
that's the core part of this that doesn't get the headlines, but legally, that's where the action is. Yes, it's it's a really troubling landscape to look at just long term from for the for one of the, for the sheer fact that it has such far reaching effects, right? When you're looking at these issues as well, I think it's important sometimes to say, take a step back and ask yourself basic questions. So, for instance, what would the public response have been if back in 2000 or 2002, you know, go back 10, 15, 20 years ago, it had been found that the government was was telling a cable provider, you should not allow certain content on the air, right? I think that would have been a pretty huge story. And you have a fairly analogous situation happening here, which is they're telling a platform, you know, Facebook or Twitter or these other tech companies, they essentially platform different content providers. That's functionally what they're doing, right? Every, it's just that they have many, many more content providers, so to speak, than say a cable station ever would have. Uh, But that's functionally what's happening is the government was attempting to say, you really need to not allow this on the air, right? You need to, you need, you need to somehow ensure that certain types of messages are downplayed. And there's, again, the the logic to that comes into play as far as the speed with which information travels across the internet. It's not the same um, as the speed with which something could have traveled across even cable news back in 1980, right? It's a, it's a different beast as far as speed uh, and as far as the ability of anyone to put any information out into the public sphere. That being said, this problem is not going away. And I think there are deep, should be deep concerns with what happens when government becomes the one coming in from on high to sort of arbitrate what is and is not true, right? Is this going to make the problem better or worse? I would I would argue it makes it worse. As to what those lines specifically look like, as to what constitutes a request versus a threat, that's going to be difficult to tease out. It's going to be very hard to tease out because you're dealing with, like you said, um, situations where it makes sense for these two entities to be in contact on some level. Uh, But I think that there is a degree of collaboration that becomes highly disturbing from a perspective of maintaining uh, civil liberties, uh, free speech, and the type of climate for, for freedom to flourish that we've been accustomed to here in America. Right. Leslie Corby joining us. This goes that was the legal details. Let's zoom back out big picture to what this case is going to eventually be about, even if it's not this case, the next case or the case after that, because this is going to keep happening in courts. This is a the free speech thing. Despite what Facebook and Twitter tells you, private companies are not you know subject to the First Amendment. The big question here is the more government is in charge of a communication thing, the more the First Amendment does apply, though, whereas before you clicking that little content box and agreeing to terms of service that changes things. The more the government's involved, the more the First Amendment applies. And the First Amendment applying to social media would solve three problems and it would create 14 more. That's kind of where this is all headed at some point is that if the government is in charge of a media platform, the First Amendment applies. If they don't, it doesn't. That's the core constitutional issue here. Yeah. Absolutely. It's to what extent it's essentially the the law. The question of the lawsuit is. Does the collaboration between government and the technology companies amount to what would be called state action? Uh, Some would obviously argue that it does. Some would argue it does not. The right now, as the current the current state of the of the doctrine of state action is very difficult for plaintiffs to to win on on those 
on the grounds that something amounts to state action. Those are difficult lawsuits to mount and win. That being said, there clearly has to be a line somewhere <laughs> um, to determine, you know, the, the state is, in fact, as passing off its its power to a government act, to a corporate actor, right? And allowing or sort of forcing a corporate actor to engage in conduct that the government cannot constitutionally engage in itself. So in some ways, uh, sort of deputizing a, a company to engage in conduct that would otherwise violate the constitution. So again, the whether or not this this passes muster in a court of law is to be determined, uh, but it does, the lawsuit is ongoing. Uh, and right now, as it stands, individuals, well, government officials, not just individuals, but government officials such as Dr. Fauci will be deposed, um, which will bring more information to light and hopefully shed light on the, the nature of this relationship and maybe how likely the lawsuit is to fare moving forward. Yeah, this is going to be messy no matter what. Give us the timeline, though, for folks who want to keep up with this issue. I know they're waiting on depositions. There's going to be a court ruling on um, standing here. Give folks a little bit of a timeline if they want to keep up with this case and what's coming next. Sure, the depositions appear to be uh, moving forward, likely to occur this month. I know there was a, the government had sought to halt these depositions on November 2nd, appealing the ruling of the judge. That was um, denied, so these depositions will move forward. Uh, I'll be continuing to follow this story, so to the extent that there's more information that comes out, I will certainly be uh, highlighting that on my on my social media feeds and uh, through articles and things of that nature, because this is a very, in my view, a very, very important um, development. And I think all eyes should be on this lawsuit to see what uh, what happens here and what that means going forward. Yeah. And, and in the bigger picture, what's really happening is, is social media happened before we had any case law to deal with it. So all the case law doesn't really apply to it real neatly because it's mostly for you know, things like, you know, the old AT&T laws for Ma Bell. That's the kind of stuff they're trying to force onto this, and it just doesn't work. So we're building the case law for what these laws are going to look like in the future, and it's very important stuff. That means we're going to have to have you back and talk about it more, which we'll happily do because we love having you on. Uh, Leslie Cordley, let people know until we do that how they can keep up with you, how they can keep up with the story, like you just said, your social media, your young voices, and everything else you got going on. Uh, you're a professional mover and shaker. You got some stuff coming up. Let folks know all about it. Sure. Thanks so much. I'm always happy to always happy to chat. So uh, you can follow me on at Corbley Leslie. That's my Twitter handle. I also have a website, just lesliecorbley.com. It's real easy. I post all of my content there. It houses every article, papers I write, um, media appearances. Everything's there for folks to follow along. Those are two major uh, platforms I use. I'm also, of course, on Libertas, libertas.org. They publish all my work. I publish articles for them uh, and do a lot of a lot of great work there. You can also um, follow me. Those would probably be the three main platforms to follow me on right now. Um, and of course, follow Libertas for other uh, fantastic content. And uh, as always, I appreciate being on to chat with you. And uh, Young Voices has been uh, phenomenal to work with. Yeah, they really have been. I've always enjoyed it. We appreciate your time. We're going to link to all this. Again, this piece has got a lot of links in the piece that you got to go through and read to kind of get the full context on this stuff. Do your homework, folks. Uh, we'll link to it. Make sure you read the whole thing. Follow her on social media, Leslie Corbley. We always appreciate the time. And thank you so much. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks. Thank you.